prophets, Acts chapter 3, from verse 1 onwards. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Praise be to God. Now this is something that really uh, happened took place in the book of Acts during um, the lifetime of Peter, during the lifetime of John, the apostle. Peter, the apostle, and John, the apostle. Both of them were here. Both apostles are here. And they are going to the temple at the hour of prayer. So when it was a set time to pray in the temple during the ninth hour, they both went to the temple, moved by the Spirit of God to to not only pray, but God had a work for them to do. So they are going there, being with Jesus Christ for the past three and a half years and having received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, the anointing of God, the apostolic mantle that had fallen upon them, having that mantle, they are walking into the temple of God. So they are going. This is not the Peter, same Peter who denied Jesus Christ. This different Peter here, changed by the power of God, completely changed, totally changed. Now, this Peter carrying the power of God and John carrying the power of God, both the apostles are going to the temple of God. I want you to pay close attention to what the spirit of the Lord wants to impart into your spirits at this hour, because this is very important. This is um, life changing. If you let the spirit of God to use the scriptures to change your life. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. They're going together as God's servants with the apostolic mantle. They're going there. As they go there, they're going with oneness. That oneness is very important. God cannot work in the lives of anyone who doesn't have the oneness that comes from the Spirit of God. 
The spirit of God is a spirit of oneness. There's no division in the spirit of God. So when the spirit of God is truly operating in a place, the spirit of God will bring that oneness. When the spirit of God is operating in a ministry, the spirit of God will bring that oneness. When Satan knows that God is working and the spirit of God is working, what he will do is he will try to cause division. Division is the opposite of oneness. So when God is working, Satan comes to cause division. He will try to bring all kinds of things in the minds of those who are open to the devil. You have to understand that. Satan cannot bring anything to anyone who is closed. So he can anyone bring their stuff into a house that has the their doors closed? No. When the door is open, that means a person who is open and has a base for the devil will be will be used by the devil, will become a vehicle of the devil. So it's important to have this in mind that when the Spirit of God is working, we as God's people need to be people who are keen on maintaining that oneness. When we are going to the house of God, we need to have this oneness in our minds, oneness in our spirits, that oneness should not be disturbed. Whether you're a husband or wife, whether you are a parent and child, whatever it is, when you come to the house of God, that oneness should be very important. If you want to be touched by God, that oneness is very important. So with Peter and John being God's servants here, you see that oneness is very obvious in them because the anointing of God is the anointing of God that carries the oneness. God is never going to come to a place where the spirit of God is working and then try to cause division or or speak things that are against that work of God. And that's not the spirit of God. That's evil spirit that is working. So you look at Peter and John they both come to the temple of God. They are going there and they are going up together to the temple to pray and to serve the Lord. Is that hour, God's hour, set hour, appointed hour from heaven? God is speaking to us today. This going up together is very important. They went up together as one to the temple of God. You can just go to the temple of God and and be an agent of Satan. You can go to the temple of God and not get anything from the temple of God. You know how many people were by the pool of Bethesda who never got healed. Jesus said this, oh, this prophet, you know how we esteem Moses and Elijah now? I hope everybody does. But when the prophet was alive at that time, when Moses was alive at that time. When Elijah was alive at that time, how many people really made use of the anointing of God that was right there in front of them, which brought fire from heaven? How many of them? How many Israelites made use of that? Oh, there were many lepers there. How many people made use of the anointing of God that was upon the prophet of God, Elisha? Oh, there were many widows that were there. How many of them made use of the anointing of God that was right there in their midst? How many of them? Very few. Somebody had to come all the way from Syria and he's getting blessed. Meanwhile, the people sitting right there were not. Oh, look at that. They're all sitting with leprosy. How is it possible? Right where the prophet of God is, where the anointing of God is, where the leprosy can be taken away, where they don't have to live the way they're living. 
How is it still going on? How are lepers still there right where the prophet of God is? Answer this question. Answer this question. Do we see the same thing now? The disregard for the anointing of God, the disregard for the servants of God, the disregard for the Moses that God had placed, the disregard for the Elijah that God has placed, the disregard for the Elijah that God has placed takes people out of the blessing of God. And what do they do? They sit with their leprosies. They sit with whatever they have. Where are they, by the way? Oh, they are in Israel. Oh, they're in Israel. Where are they, by the way? Oh, they're in Elbethal. How can it happen? How can it happen? How can leprosy continue? How can leprosy continue? How can famine continue? In the lives of God's people, while Elisha is there, while Elijah is there, while Moses is there, that's why God has his servants there. How will it continue? When there's a disregard for the anointing of God, when there's a disregard for the servants of God, when there's a despising for the anointing of God, despising of the anointing of God, despising of the servants of God, leprosy will be there. Now we see here in this word, God has written here through his spirit, Peter and John went up together. In spirit, they were together to serve the Lord. Being full of the Holy Spirit equals being filled with the spirit of oneness. When you go to the temple of God, that oneness, where the spirit of God is working, that oneness has to be there. That's where the miracle takes place. Satan will conveniently try to come and see, who can I enter into? Who are the carnal Christians that are there? Carnal is not a fancy term for um, somebody's... Um, Inability to do something. No, no, no. Carnal is who are the people who have partnership with Satan? Who are the people who have partnership with hell? Who are the people who have partnership with Lucifer? Who are the people who have partnership, active partnership in different areas of their lives? Who can I see and who can I use as a vehicle today? Whose car can I rent? Whose bodies can I rent? Whose minds can I rent? Whose mouths can I rent? Whose ears can I rent? Whose eyes can I rent? So everything will be distorted. The Syrian who lived far away, he was able to he was able to travel far, and he was able to come and get what he needed to get. Meanwhile, the people who are living right there, a whole bunch of lepers, they all died as lepers. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. Make use of that which you have in your midst by having regard for God, regard for the presence of God, regard for the house of God, regard for the anointing of God, regard for the anointed of God. Very important. You can't separate these things. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. As they went with that oneness, a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. And they put him there with a purpose. Now, I've spoken on this same chapter. You can go and listen to the recording. It will bless you greatly. 
today. God is focusing on things that needs to be focused on for you so that you can understand, comprehend, be enlightened and grow. Go from where you are to where you need to be. This man who was lame from birth, he was carried by people. He was placed in the place, the spot, his sitting spot, you call the beggar's spot. He was not placed in the temple so he can worship God, no. He was placed in that spot where he can earn money. Uh, he could be sitting there where the people in the family say, you're eating, get some money for us. We'll put you here. Let people look at your condition and hear you crying and have pity on you and give you that money. And when we bring you back home, make sure you bring that money to us. We will get that money from you. That is how the world is. The world is looking to see how it can exploit the next person, especially use the weakness of the next person and exploit that person. God is speaking to a heart's day. God is the only one who comes to give life and life more abundantly. The people who carried him didn't carry him into the temple and say, oh, God, somehow help him. Let him worship. No, it's not that. We care about this man so that his soul can prosper. At least he can connect with God so that he can at least go to heaven. No. In their minds, it was, how can I get from what you have? They brought him, carried him so that they can make use of this man's lameness. Let's get some money. Everybody goes to temple today and, and at all the people who go, there are some people who will do some charity work because they want to do it for God. And some people are kind hearted. They would, you know, feel sympathy. And some people will say, we see this man all the time. Don't we give him last time? We don't have to give him this time. And they just go. But somehow he gets something and there are people who are always for that something that's there. What can he do? He can't walk. His situation is like this. He's dependent on people. If they feed him, he gets food. If they don't feed him, he doesn't get food. So he has to beg. He can't tell anything to anybody. Hey, do this for me. If not, I will not be with you. He can't say that because he can't go anywhere. See, both the legs are gone. Legs are very important, by the way. If the legs are gone... You cannot do anything. You can get killed, slaughtered right there. Because you cannot move. Now you look at this man. He was at the mercy of those who came and dropped him off. It was more like a bodily thing. You feed me. I give you what I can get. And this lame man was carried and they laid him daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, for a particular purpose. Beg and collect money from all the people who will go in. Every day, that's your job. We'll carry you and we'll bring you here. We'll put you here. That's what you must do. Bring that to us. Bring us that money. And that's it. So now, he has a spot. What spot? You call it the beggar spot where the beggar sits there and he begs from whatever time they drop him off to whatever time they're going to pick him back. Obviously, the time when the sun goes down, nobody goes to the temple. He probably goes home. How long he was sitting and all day he was sitting with food, without food, God only knows. 
But he's sitting there to one purpose. Not to go inside the temple to worship God, but to stay outside the temple to serve somebody, to beg. Because that was the only option he had in the earthly sense. He couldn't get up and do anything. But we see God who saw his condition, who had mercy on him. Now, the behind the scenes prayers or whatever he might have done is not recorded here. We see something. Grace of God comes to this man. And the grace of God comes to this man to heal him spiritually and physically. When the grace of God comes to us, it comes to us to heal us spiritually and physically. Not just to give us some kind of physical benefit and leave us spiritually poor. God does not want anyone to be spiritually poor. God wants each one of you to become spiritually rich in him and physically wealthy in him. He wants your soul to prosper. He wants your body to prosper. Now you look at this man. He was placed at the gate at the temple called beautiful where a lot of people are going inside and he is outside for this task, which was to beg and get money. So we see verse three, while he was sitting there with this purpose, Peter and John are going to go into the temple. He sees Peter and John about to go into the temple and he's asking for money. Oh, give me some money. You know, like how people who beg will do oh you look at me i don't have legs and you know i need some money you have pity on me give me some money and now we see a cry for some type of help comes god is speaking at this hour please pay close attention to this a plea for some type of help that help is physical help I need physical help. I'm not able to walk. So I can't work. I need to support myself. I need money. The plea for physical help comes here. You know, a lot of people who are very keen on packing sandwiches and, and giving winter clothes and doing all these things minus what needs to be given. You look at Peter and John here. As they're coming here, when the cry for this physical help reaches their ears, they're moved by the Spirit of God to do something. And this something is the most important thing that God wants you to understand. Now, as Peter and John, they're going and a cry for this physical help comes to them. Unlike the rest of the people, there are people who will just say, okay, I don't have anything. I'll just pretend like I didn't hear any of the people who go like that. I don't want to look bad in front of the next person. So I'll just act like I'm talking some more and talking a lot. This is, I'm ignoring, but you hear the cry. Even though you hear the cry, you pretend like you are not hearing and you go the other way. Oh, that's a sin. Pretension is not good. At the same time, being led by the Spirit of God is very important. Be 
transparent. Be honest, be truthful. Don't pretend in any area of your life because it's not a good thing. So Peter and John, they are going, these two apostles of God. And this man is approaching them just like how he approached the rest of the people. But are these two the same as the rest? Oh, no. Oh, no. These are ambassadors of God with an apostolic mantle upon them. The rest of the people are just ordinary people who are going. These have the power of God head to toe. These are coming here, but the guy doesn't know. He's just looking at them just like how he looked at the rest of the people. They weren't walking with a halo around their head saying that, hey, do you see my mantle? Apostle John, Apostle Peter written on top of me. So everybody, when you see that, you know, I am an ambassador of God. No. They look just like the rest of the people. He didn't see anything very distinct, some sparkling glow. No. He didn't see any costume that they all came with all white from head to toe with a big robe or kind of a uniform. No. There was nothing that made them stand out. They didn't come with any specific costume saying that, hey, we're the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, all the people who are in the upper room, we all wear a specific uniform. So when we go everywhere, people all know that we were in the upper room. We were the ones making all kinds of noise over there and speaking all kinds of languages. And we have the power. So when we have this uniform, everybody will know that we have the power so we can help them. No. What did Jesus say? Your fruit will show. Your fruit will show who you belong to. Your works will show who you belong to. Not any kind of a uniform wearing white or wearing jewelry or not wearing jewelry or having uh, a certain hairstyle or, you know, covering yourself from head to toe or acting strange and walking strange and not speaking to people or acting like, you know, a saint. None of these things will distinguish a person in any way. To show to this world that they belong to God or they are servants of God. No. They came just like the rest of the people. Just like them. Nothing odd. Just like the rest of the people. This guy is looking at them and he's asking the same thing he asked the rest of the people. But something is very different. What he cannot see with his natural eyes. These guys had the power of God from head to toe. Satan recognizes that, but he can't recognize because his eyes are not open, you see. Fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Very important. Very important. Why is he saying, look at us? There's a twist that happens in the minds of everybody. Hey, only look at Jesus. Look up, look up, look over there. That's not what they said. They said, look at us. Why? Because there's this power that needs to be dispatched from them to this guy. It's not falling from the sky. You see? It's not falling from somewhere. There's a channel. It is going through Peter to the lame man. That's why it's very important to listen intently. Pay attention, look, hear, because hearing and looking, they go hand in hand. Very important. When you're in the presence of God, don't let your mind scattered. Don't let your mind to be scattered by the enemy. Don't 
one let your mind to wander don't let the enemy want have you give yourself over to all kinds of distressing confusing thoughts and saying that oh i have this in my house and tomorrow i have to go and do this and a lot of people sitting in church and listening to messages their mind will be all over the place i have to speak to this person this i need text this and that's when all kinds of they become like very busy very busy other times they know how to sleep know your enemy and know yourself don't let the enemy rob you of that which belongs to you and this guy didn't know so he was given the instruction by apostle peter saying look at us i want to read verse 4 one more time and fixing his eyes on him with john that's another very important scripture both of them are led by the same spirit in one accord two apostles together looking at this guy now one is moved by the spirit of god to administer the healing to this guy so one is speaking both speak at the same time in mass confusion god is a god of divine order god is using peter here but there's a oneness that is there as john is standing with the same spirit of god looking at the same guy and peter said look at us so he gave them his attention expecting to receive something from them so his mind is still on the material gain i'm asking for money he's probably going to give you money let me see how much you're going to give you're telling look at us peter is saying something in verse 6 so this guy doesn't know what he's about to receive if he wants to peter is going to give him something that he has no knowledge of but between both the transaction is going to take place where one things is going to get physical gain the other one is going to give him something far superior to that minus what he's looking for which is money he's not getting what he asked for he's going to get something more than that minus what he asked for he's looking at it and he's expecting something from him and he's going to give something from him both are not the same but one is far superior to the other minus what he was asking for god is speaking at this hour many times we can ask god for something and god will have something far superior than what we're asking for and we may be looking to god lord i'm asking you for this i'm asking you for this i'm asking you for this and we may not get what we're asking for because we don't even know how big god is and how much god can do and what he can offer So you look at this guy he's looking at Peter and John you see faith and you see obedience he's expecting with expectation he's looking but he doesn't know what is exactly going to come from them because his expectation was something far less than what was going to be offered and it's different than what was going to what he thought was going to come to him So Peter is saying this the first sentence of he says silver and gold I do not have I don't have the money that you are looking for me I don't but what I do have I give to you I have something far greater 
I'm going to give that to you. I don't have what you're looking for, but I have something else. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What Peter and John had a lot of people, a lot of times people misinterpret this. And they say, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Peter, just use the name of Jesus and the man walked. Yes, it's the name of Jesus, but it's not just the name of Jesus that Peter had. Peter and John were anointed by God and they were given the anointing to heal the sick and to raise the dead. That's what Peter is referring to. I'm going to give you what I'm going to, what am I going to give you at this hour? It's the healing. I'm going to give you the healing in the name of Jesus. The anointing is dispatched in the name of Jesus to this man. Whatever he was asking for, he didn't get money. But you think he was sad after he got healed that, oh, man, you didn't give me the money. Give me the money. And you think he's going to go sit in the same spot over there and say, I have some more people who are supposed to give me the money when they come. I usually I make this much and, and now you got me up prematurely and I can't beg anymore. No, that'll be a fool who thinks that I'd rather be lame begging here for nickels and pennies instead of having my legs where I can actually walk. You know, the first thing he did, I want you to see this, pay close attention to this. Peter is giving him the healing through the name of Jesus. The anointing is dispatched through the name of Jesus. The command that is coming from Peter through the anointing of God that he has is to raise him up. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. When? When he caught him by the hand. What happened when Peter caught him by the hand? What happened? What happened? It's not like he just, okay, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. That was, no. He took him by the hand. What happened at that time? The anointing of God that was on Peter's body made contact with the man's body. When that act took place, something happened. The man's ankle bones, his feet received strength. All of a sudden, that which was drooping, that which was not working, all of a sudden, the power of God, like a high volt electricity, just hit his body upon contact. When the servant of God touched him, something happened. A force from God went into who? This lame man went into him. And what did it do? It fixed that which was not functioning. That's the power of God. That's the power of the anointing of God. The next time when you hear this anointed here and that anointed here, this anointed, people don't know what they're talking about. Oh, anointed music. Oh, anointed preaching. Is it breaking bondages? Is it causing healing? Is it changing lives upon contact? That's when we can actually use the word anointing. Because anointing is just thrown everywhere without even understanding what it is. 
Like I said the other day, anointing is not sensationalism. Anointing is not emotionalism. Anointing is not excitement. Anointing is not how much you can excite a crowd or how loud you can speak or how powerful somebody thinks a person is speaking or your vocal range or how much you can jump up and down. That's not what anointing is. That's not anointing. That's charisma, emotionalism. That's all done with human capacity. Let me tell you. A person who does not have God can actually excite someone with the emotions they have. They can actually cause a person to cry with the words they can speak. Yes, they can. And combined with demonic spirits, all kinds of things can happen. That's the effect that you get when people go to a rock concert or go to a movie. They hear a song and they'll start weeping. You think God is moving there? No. When the Spirit of God is working, you see the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dumb speak. You see the work of God taking place. The kingdom of God is there. That's when you know the anointing of God is there. That's when you can actually use the word there. Rightfully use the word there. You see the anointing of God working through Apostle Peter here. Upon contact with this man of God, this apostle of God, something happened to this man. The charge, the electricity, the power of God just got into this man's body. When it went into this man's body, what happened? Whatever was crippling him was gone. Physical disability was gone. See, there are defects that are there. People who are born, they have things that happen with certain parts not working. And then there are people who get hurt later and get into disability because of accidents and things like that. And both are coming from works of um, the enemy many times giving themselves over to our generational curse, or it could be as a blind man who was born blind. The glory of God needed to be revealed. But whatever the case is, here we see, this man had this issue for a long time from birth. That which was there, he is an adult. That which was there since birth, this deformity, suddenly was gone upon contact with the anointing of God. That touch, very important. We don't understand this. We won't know what is happening to us. That's when we'll ask this question. Also, why do we have to be laid hands on, you know, when we have to uh, come out of baptism, just dunking? This is not like taking bath in some river. This is where the spirit of God moves Upon contact, it's very important. The laying on of hands is a huge thing. Where the Spirit of God just comes and breaks bondages. Where the Spirit of God comes and does something very supernatural on the inside. Upon contact with the anointing of God. Now, what happens here? Once this, his ankle bones and his feet received strength. Let's go to verse 8. He 
leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. See, he was not someone who got like all happy. And he said, oh, I'm so happy. Let me just collect the, you know, coins I got and, and just let me run to my city or to my parents and go see them and let me go and, you know, tell them how I am and let me show all my enemies who mocked me and that I'm able to walk in. No. You know why he got healed? His desire was while he was sitting there, I can't go inside. I can't go worship God. I can't go inside. I'm always outside. Oh, how I wish I can just go inside and pray and take a look at this temple of God. Day in and day out, he saw people going there, him sitting outside, left out of the presence of God. But now he's able to walk into the first thing he did. He ran into the temple with them. He doesn't say, well, now I'm healed, so I carry your anointing too. That's another false teaching that's there. People think that when people get healed, they carry the anointing of God that someone else has. And so if someone else stays sick, is there, they can pray and they can also get, where is this coming from? Is it biblical? Do you see any passage in the Bible like that? How are even people thinking that I don't know how these demonic teachings have gone into the church at large? It's very sad to see the spirit of error that has crept into the hearts of the people because they don't read the Bible. And they think that that's God's word and they go tell everybody, hey, you got healed. Come, you pray for me. What happens? Whatever demons they have, whatever problems, other problems they have can transfer to this person. Only those who carry the true anointing of God can set people free. And only those who are clear before God can carry the true anointing of God. So what they transfer is only positive things because they don't have anything negative to give. As opposed to a person who is coming for healing, they can get healed in one area. They have a whole bunch of other things that they need to work on, set right and a whole bunch of things that are there. Will you have them lay hands on you? Think about it. It's very important to know. The importance of the true anointing of God. The importance of letting people lay hands on you. Very important. You don't want to lay hands and get somebody else's disease. And you don't want someone else laying hands on you and get their disease. There's a transfer, point of contact. Laying on of hands, physical hands with an intention to heal or to give anything will transfer something from the person to you and from you to the person. Very important. Don't presumptuously lay hands on anyone. Unless you know you're 100% spotless and you carry the anointing of God that you are a free-flowing channel from God. Otherwise, you'll get struck by the enemy and you won't even know that you are struck by the enemy and why things are going wrong. You will have no idea of it. But to be careful. I've taught on this, but the Spirit of the Lord want me to say this while we are moving on to the next scripture. So this man is leaping up, standing, walking, praising God. His, his heart's desire has been given to him. He thought all he can do is get this money because I was born this way. I'm going to die this way and this is how I'm going to live. But all of a sudden, my desire that I was longing for has been given to me. And you can see that this was his desire because that's exactly what he did. He walked and he leapt and he praised God and he just ran. He ran with the servants of God. He didn't run, run ahead and he just didn't 
ran behind. He went with them inside. Now, what was he doing? Praising God and giving testimony. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. That's how it should be. All the people, like we see testimonies. We heard, we heard every single one who gave the testimony here today. That's how it should be. When God touches us, we cannot but shout out. We cannot but sing. We cannot but praise. We cannot but share. Let this whole world know what God has done for me. What great things he has done for me. Let them see. Let them see. Let them see. Only when they see, they'll know that they too can have what I had. But it has to come spontaneously. And it came spontaneously for this man. He just ran. He just ran. He did what he couldn't do. And he said, see me, see me, see me. Because they all saw him sitting and begging all these years. And what's the result? All the people saw him walking and praising God. They all saw that. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. They said, huh? This happened? How did this happen? You see this guy praising God, praising God. They're wondering, wow, we've never seen something like this. This happened? Now this gave the opportunity for Apostle Peter to point the people to Jesus Christ. Now, to a crowd like this, he can stand and talk about anointing and how this works and all those things. No. All they knew is when they see something like that, they will immediately start worshiping that person because that's the culture. So he immediately pointed to Jesus Christ. He immediately said, oh, this is not by our own power, our own godliness. And then he started preaching all these things. Now, this doesn't mean that if someone is unholy, God will use them. No, that's not what this verse says. It's simply saying that God did this and I'm going to point you to Jesus Christ. This is the opportunity for evangelism. There's not ministry school over here teaching about the gifts of the spirit or the anointing of God or how this works or that works. That's why he said in one sentence and he grabbed the attention to God so that they get to hear the gospel and they get to know this Jesus. Healings are done through the spirit of God. Because God loves people. His heart is moved with compassion when he sees the suffering of every single person. And he heals those who look to him and have contact with him, with the faith and with the people that God has placed. The fivefold ministry is so critical, important for the people on earth to get to know, acquainted with and have contact with and be blessed by it. So in a nutshell, if you look at this, the power of God was revealed through Peter, the apostle there in that place. The testimony of God went through to the rest of the people through the healing that took place because of this man shouting it out and praising God in front of everybody. He didn't keep it to himself. When he did that, it gave the opportunity for the rest of the people to see what God did and be drawn to the 
servant of God who was there, who was able to give the word of God to them, which carried the anointing of God to bring salvation to the people there for them to know this is Jesus. God is speaking to us today. With all that you have heard, with all that you have experienced, may you become like this man, every single one here. We got so excited. He ran. He showed everyone what God did for him. You see a heart full of gratitude. And you see a heart full of thanksgiving. You see a heart that wants others to know. Not like, see, you know, I have not that attitude. But a, a genuine heart. A heart that is filled with genuine praise to God. A heart that carries a genuine testimony, void of, look at me kind of thing. We need to be people who share what God has done for us to others. Without me, myself, and I. Having, as the people, see what God has done. To be able to come to where God is working. So the anointing of God that is upon the servants of God in order to work. So that many more people can be saved, healed, and delivered. Can take place. So that God's purpose for every single human being can be accomplished. That every person will be set free from the grips of Satan. As we close our eyes and look to the Lord this night. May the spirit of God do a deep work in every single one here. Having known the power of God. Having felt the power of God. Are you being like this man? The enthusiasm on the inside. Running into the temple to worship God. Running to be in the presence of God. And glorifying God in the midst of all those who did not know the living Jesus. Paving the way. Like John the Baptist did so that Jesus can do the ministry step. This combined partnership that God is looking for to bring the kingdom of God down can be accomplished genuine testimonies genuine worship genuine praising God will bring people to the presence of God to the Lord Jesus Christ where they too can be set free from their spiritual lameness from their spiritual leprosy from their physical bondages, so that both their souls and their bodies can be saved, that they can live in total prosperity. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this word that you gave from heaven this night. Thank you for all the testimonies we heard today. As a result of your spirit working in our midst. Thank you, Father. Thank you for Acts chapter 3. Thank you for the anointing of God that you placed upon Apostle Peter and Apostle John.
and for the glorious work of healing that you did in the life of this man who was born this way and was sitting there for a long time with no hope. Thank you, Lord, for all the people you touched through the testimony of this man. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And thank you for the anointing of God that you have placed in our midst upon your shepherds that you have placed in this church. Thank you, Lord, for the work that you are doing in the lives of every single one who come in contact with that anointing of God that you have placed upon the shepherds of this church. I pray, Holy Spirit, that many more people will hear what you're doing in the lives of your people. And I pray that they too may be set free. They too may be drawn closer to the living God. I thank you, Lord. 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 Continue to magnify your great name in the lives of your people. Thank you for showing us how much you care, how much you love, and how powerful you are. And all the big things that you can do and you do and you continue to do, Father, for all those who come in contact with you. And how you hear the cries and sees the desires of your people and how you grant to us. Many times not exactly what we ask, but more than what we can ask. For you're the Lord God who surprises your people. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Though he didn't get what he asked, you gave him something far greater than what he asked. And I thank you, Jesus. I pray that you do the same thing for your people here. Whatever they are praying for, Father, I pray, according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, that you will answer your people according to your perfect will and your perfect plan. That your name be glorified and their joy may be full. With this blessing, I bless your people. Where there's your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God. I bless your people. With this blessing that you alone can bless them with. And I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen.